It's July 10th, 2020, and this is Diz Podopolis, where we talk about Disneyland, Walt Disney World, and everything in between. A dream is a wish your heart makes when you're fast asleep in dreams. Another episode of Diz Podopolis, and this is episode number 36. And it is, uh, I guess, kind of the end of June, the June. We're in summer. We're doing really well. We actually had a really nice day in San Antonio. Um, we're, we're almost failing, failing on, our, on our new Disney vacations. Oh, well, I think everybody's kind of failing on their Disney vacations right now. Mm-hmm. It's just what is happening. But... The park should be opening soon. Because it's like public public school is gonna be releasing. It's gonna be starting in August. Even though still when we get back home, we'll still be staying home. Well, yeah, we don't actually. We don't know what's gonna happen in the school year. It should be very fascinating. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. I know Ryan, and you can say hello, Ryan. Hello. <laughs> Ryan's in the thralls of. Trying to figure out what the new school year is going to look like. Yes. And if there's if there's any sudden after I graduate, we could go to Tokyo Disneyland. Yes, that was the plan, and we'll have to see what happens because we really don't have a lot of control over that right now. Yeah, that that would totally have my brain brain job if to, if I technically had a public stop. That that we're that we're still going in in the school year stopping point that uh, we're never we're almost never gonna get out of America. Oh well, yeah, well that seems to be happening right now, but that's okay. Um, yeah, the kids are my kids have never have not been out of the U.S. since Adia was one and Fiona was about five ish, two and five ish. Uh, we took them to Canada. Um, but you know, that happens and that's okay. Sometimes you have to stay closer by (laughs) certain things in your family. It can be a little, um, not as safe to take sometimes kids out of the country when certain things are in play like autism, because, you know, there is a language barrier and, there isn't, you know, that can be a problem sometimes, and you want to make sure your safety over us traveling, or even, or even child who has social distance. Yes, yes. Well, and all the we have all the social distancing right now, and that's not one of your strong suits. The social distancing is that what Aya has in in her personality brain. Oh, dyslexia. Dyslexia. Or even childhood has dyslexia. <laughs> little distance, a little distancing from distancing. So, yeah, no, it's dyslexia. So uh, that's like a reading um, problem that she has. It's a, actually just an optical issue that she has. Muse-git. Muse-git. Okay, what's that? Um, 
Amy's former saying of music. Oh yeah, they she would add a syllable of music. I, I can't do it. That's it's but that's a lot of kids do that. A lot of kids add syllables to words. It's kind of fascinating. I don't music I don't I can't repeat it. It's uh, it's very funny. But you would do you you would add syllables. Elias would add syllables. It's the strangest thing how they do that. But that's not dyslexia. That's just learning the language, which can be very difficult. So Fiona is also alluding to we kind of had plans to go to Walt Disney World in August, but with the requirement of the masks all day long on and. Um, and it just feels nervous that we're never going to go on vacations. Yeah, well, I know, but we are. We're going to we're going to do a road trip and then with outside an outside road trip. And then with the 6 feet social distancing all inside the park, I knew this was something that we would not be able to adhere to. So, we uh postponed our trip, but we do plan on going in November for Thanksgiving. So we'll see, which today I made my park reservations because they're doing park reservations up until the end of September 2021. So you get to pick one park a day. And if you had hotel reservations during that time and a valid ticket, because we have annual passes, they um, let you do the 24th. I guess it was how oh, it started earlier, like the 21st or 22nd up to the 25th, you got priority. And then on the 26th, it's for everybody like with annual passes can start and, and people who, um, I don't know if it's for people also that just have tickets. I'm not sure how that's going to work. I know it's annual passes though on the 26th. So yeah. We'll it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. Yeah, and the timing of the days is pretty darn short. Yeah, I don't think they're going to have long hours. No, like Animal Kingdom was 8 to 6, so that was like your earliest one. The Magic Kingdom was like 9 to 7, um, and then Epcot was like 10 to 8, and I or was at Hollywood Studios, and then I think Epcot was like 11 to 9. So they staggered the openings and the closings, and you can't park hop, so... We'll see how that plays out. Yeah, it will all come back at some point, but you know, they just have to get in, get it open, get it started, and then take it out in different features as they need to. So it's like, it's all like, we'll have to just wait and see. Oh, absolutely. Well, yeah. So I actually did our Thanksgiving. I picked the parks today for the Thanksgiving and mm. I actually just went ahead and did it for spring break because I did not want to think about it later at all because we're doing spring break since... Um, all the time was added on to our annual passes. Yep, so. makes sense. Yep. Nerd, nerd chick, newsflash. It's like, I've always wondered what, 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 what all the church, church, at church plant plans will, will be like in San Antonio. And guess what? I, I could have some, some pizza again and Disney trivia. Oh, okay. So what Fiona's talking about is like we haven't been to church in forever because all the churches are closed. <laughs> Listen, I'm wondering what will the church be like on Halloween and Christmas time? Yeah, so it's kind of strange, you know, having even in summer, at least you had that consistent every Sunday to kind of keep us on track as a family. Um, but they're actually doing a Disney trivia contest as our church for fun. And um, so Fiona's super excited about that. 
So we'll see what happens. Uh, yeah, oh, oh, for any warning, if those if these questions feel simple, simple, or if they'll go on a go on a bigger track, I get Tiff's treats. Yeah. So the prize is Tiff's treats, which Ooh. are delivered to your. Yeah, I'm like, oh, I'm in. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I'm like cookies or. Or maybe donuts. Probably not donuts. Yeah, it's cookies. It's cookies, yeah. I'll take cookies. I love cookies. Yes, I, I sometimes feel feel ick, icky icky after di- after dinner time for doing podcasts because I always have chocolate milk when I get cookies and technically I like to put in too much too much chocolate in my milk to make it even sweeter. Yeah, it gives me that gl- gloshy feel in my in my tummy. Uh, so, <laughs> more information that everybody needs to know. We um, made cookies today uh, with my middle child, Adia. We made cookies today, and we had to put her on a special diet because she's been having a lot of stomach issues lately. And we found this recipe for peanut butter cookies that is peanut butter, sugar, and eggs. And that is it. And it was wonderful. Because everybody can eat them. It's simple because she's not she's like on a gluten-free, dairy-free, lactose, really. Lactose, gluten, um, no onions or garlic, which makes spaghetti night really interesting. <laughs> and a uh, lot of fruits no, and that no, sort of thing. So no dairy dairy included ice cream. Yeah, no, she can't have ice cream. So we're always, I know, it's such a bummer. So we're wow. always looking, I know, it's intense. But technically anything I I see that's new that's new from the store. I technically just eat it. Yes, so this is the podcast where Fiona lets you know all of our family secrets and everything that's going on in our lives. <laughs> <laughs> and I am so sorry if I break through your private lives. <laughs> so Ryan, how's Dallas? Oh, it's going pretty good. <laughs> that's hysterical. <laughs> Oh, yeah. No allergies or anything like that. Luckily. So there you go. Oh, man. Well, I have a little bit of allergies with cedar, but. uh, Oh, yeah. Meh. Does anyone not have that allergy or oak? Oh, Lord, love. Yeah. Mine's Uh. very, very mild. Super mild. So it's not that bad. Just every now and then I get like a little bit of drainage and stuff mm-hmm. and that's lovely but you know mm-hmm. you just work with it you work through it yeah so if you'd like to tell us all your crazy um allergies and yeah. the food that you have to avoid you can email us at comments at dismalpolis.com <laughs> i took the doctor want me to do my blood results for y'all <laughs> can read them all <laughs> Oh, but was your thyroid okay? That's what we really need to focus on. <laughs> My thyroid is, is 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 doing pretty good. So there you go. Awesome. That's good to know. Yes. All right. So Fiona, do we want to get back on track? Obviously, Fiona, we haven't done the podcast in a couple of weeks, and oh. Fiona has a lot to share. Um, oh, yeah. I'll, I'll get on track, but not when I watch from TV, but still, I'll, I'll get on track. Okay. Is this cabbage? <laughs> oh, so you're talking about um, the special D23 interview that we watched with Haley Mills about Pollyanna. Yes? Yeah. Ah, yeah. Very and, good. 
and and for today's theme question is what was the time where you felt like something is always going to go your sad way but end up becoming happy right so we are going to play our version of the glad game because i think it's very important to appreciate the good in every situation should we nickname it the josh glad game the josh glad There you go. Uh, special news: Artemis Fowl is now on Disney Plus. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is, and we've seen it. So re- review of that will be would be later. Yes, we'll do a full review for you later. But um, I think it's worth a look at it. You think people should take a look at it? Look at what the, yeah, Artemis Fowl. Yeah, like, yeah, definitely to- take totally. a look. See, yeah. but but still, it is it, it is a very I think it's. I think people are mis are gonna misunderstand this movie for a while. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, but take a look at it. It's definitely something you probably have to watch a couple. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I'm glad it was on Disney Plus. Oh, I've said too much. <laughs> like, oh, I've seen this movie once, and I just feel done for it. All right. Cool. All right. So now we're really, really gonna answer the question, and one of the reasons we're asked. Um, asking this question is because we are reviewing the movie Pollyanna tonight. It's the 60th anniversary of Pollyanna and of this huge movie I loved as a child. Brian, did you love this movie as a child? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I watched this a lot in the 80s. I don't know why that was played so much in the 80s, but it really was. It was. It was. This and The Parent Trap. I just remember... On a loop. It seemed to always be readily available to watch somewhere. So, all right. So, Fiona, did you want to go first or what do you think? Yeah, I'll go first. All right. Awesome. Frankly, mainly when you're little or a couple of years younger, you can't have a bunch of panic attacks when you lose something. Yes. Or lost yourself. Okay. So, to, to, I, when I was starting up a, a pen, my main pen collection, usually I was... I was first, it was when I was into the movie Ichabod and Mr. Toad, to what, uh, as dad first showed up a Mr. Toad pin, which it was usually every, everywhere when I started on Miss, Miss, Mr. Toad. The and, pins? Yeah, and thought yeah. it didn't exist, but usually when they had a target of something that, that looks that looks very very good for me or very rare for me. I end up kind of crying about it when I lose it, and frankly, I I lost my Igabod letter letter I pen, and had a big scream scream about it in the middle of Epcot because oh my gosh, I lost it in the dark. Okay. And I never and lay lately I and yes there was there was starting to. A new series of of Fantasyland ride ride pictures, and the obvious one was Mr. Toadstool ride, and I was really wanting to have that, but my best choices were were two out of three, and technically, first choice the 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 world of 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 evil cute, as I think that was called that I gave evil cute paint, painting. And one funky shape allies the Alice in Wonderland painting, and those had to be my best two choices. But, but frankly, wanting the 
the Mr. Toad mural painting and technically I just screamed about it and some park employees were all like, Oh, what's wrong, Baba? She for she was forgetting that she was really wanting that, that Mr. Toad painting and it took and it took a while for me to get out of my head as I still screamed that something's in the bathroom and it took a while for me to to make me calm down and said, Okay, we'll just order on on Disney Star online and then I stopped. Okay, so you're talking about times that you got really upset because you lost a pin. Did you get the pin back? Did we find you another? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay, cool. Good. And then the other time you're talking about how you didn't um, let us know before we had left the park that you really wanted to get something that was important to you. And so you kind of had a meltdown in the car, but then we explained to you that we can order it and you were okay. Yeah, but it felt like you, after those times, you're like, don't do that again. Yeah, don't do that again. <laughs> it's a lot when Fiona melts down. So yeah, it was, a, yeah. it was, that was it. But everything landed up okay and we were able to solve the problem. One was in the regular Mickey store. The, the Disney store in downtown Disneyland in California, but one yeah. was in that special store. Do you remember the name of it? Yeah, yeah well, two them, the Wonderground. The Wonderground, yep. You liked it. She spends a lot of time in Wonderground at Disneyland in the downtown yeah. Disney. Helps me inspire, inspire me. Yeah, I think we, we have hundreds of pictures from there that she takes to get inspiration from. So is that your, your two stories? Oh, uh, yeah. But it's a like hey hey for my for my Google account named Toad Girl. Now it feels like with 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 me into the Muppets. Maybe you could still call me Toad Girl. Because <laughs> of Kermit the Frog. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> They're cousins. Yes, there were avatars. Once where he showed off at Mr. Toad's ride. Probably. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Oh, we're Kermit's on Mr. Toe's ride. Well, in front of. Oh, in front of the ride. There you go. That's cool. <laughs> you got to find that picture for me. <laughs> yeah, because dad had it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's funny. Yep. All right, Ryan. Do you want to tell, tell about a time that you didn't think would go well and went well at Disney? Um, I'll let you go first. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> I've got lots of them. <laughs> Oh yeah, and I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure I just like to to cite to to hear about mom's adventures. Yeah. Okay. So I have a lot of them, just because um, as a mother and dealing with interesting children that I love dearly, uh, you spend a lot of time trying to figure out everything that might go wrong. You're always wrong on that, but you try to to plan ahead and think, okay, what could go wrong? How can we handle this situation if this happens or that happens or here happens or there happens? Um, But every now and then there's this like quiet little surprise. That's quite nice. So uh, Jeff, my husband and Adia and Fiona, my two daughters, you know, Fiona, hello, say hello, Fiona, hello, (laughs) went on the Tower of Terror. And Elias, my son, had- and wow, as I went on the Tower of Terror back in 2015, I did not go in the Haunted Mansion. Yeah, you 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 would go on the Tower of Terror, but not the Haunted Mansion, right? Wow, I just I just yeah. sent some dark 
dark parts and and now I imagine oh it's so scary than Tower of Terror well you close your eyes the whole time with Tower of Terror you just like the feeling of going up and down yeah <laughs> that like overcomes the scare- scariness of the ride yeah nothing pops out for you no yeah so Elias and I were sitting on the curb outside waiting for them to get off the ride and our plans were hopefully like as they came out we would go watch the Aladdin musical at Disney um, California Adventure and so we went up to the guy that uh, was in charge of letting people into the line you know there to kind of ask questions or whatever and I said hey you know if I get in line now it can my family join me because, you know, they're on Tower of the Terror and uh, my son didn't want to go on. Is it okay? He said, well, we really prefer if you don't do that and just, you know, wait outside the line and, you know, till you have your whole party. I'm like, I don't care where I sit in the building. <laughs> I'll go, you know, so I'll just wait. So I, uh, Elias and I went back and we sat on the curb and we were just hanging out, watching all the people come by. And about... Know, 10 to 20 minutes later Jeff and the girls came out so I'm like oh okay because the Lion and Aladdin hadn't really changed a whole lot and I look at him and he says oh I thought you were going to get in line for Aladdin I said well they prefer that you don't and I just don't care <laughs> you know if I'm at the top level that's totally cool because the magic carpet you know I'm good so we go get we go to go get in line and the guy you know, I've been sitting there the whole time. He sees us come in. He's like, oh, he's like, oh, I really appreciate you. You not getting in line and then having your party join you. I'm going to put you in line with uh, where they put the guests of the, of the performers. And we're like, what? <laughs> we don't know anything. <laughs> he's like, yeah, so you'll get to go in before everybody else gets to go in. I'm like, shut the front door. <laughs> Jeff, my husband, he's totally confused. He's like, what? What are we doing? Why are we going over here? I go, it's good. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> I go, they're letting us go in before the other people. And he goes, he goes, why are they doing that? I go, because I didn't get a line, go in line for you guys to just jump the line in front of me, in front of all the people. He's like, oh, okay, well, that's strange. I go, well, I have a feeling a lot of people don't do that. <laughs> Everyone just goes in and jumps the line. So we got to go in and sit. I think we the first, you never want to sit like in the front row of a performance. Like you want to go a couple rows back because you need to have a better visual, especially, you know, you just like just a little too close sometimes. So I think we sat like the third row and right in the middle. And it was just so nice, you know, just, being that close to the performers and seeing it so well. And I'm like, and you know, it's just the simplest thing in the world that we didn't go wait in line and just sat on the, the curb. And he was just so happy. Somebody listened. <laughs> 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 kind of felt bad for him. So, but that was fun. That was like something that I thought, you know, Oh, we'll sit in the back of the balcony. Oh, well, you know, there we are. But, you know, uh, instead we got like to... Sometimes have some falling feelings if I sit in the balcony. Well, for instance, on a baseball field. Yeah, so Fiona's not a huge fan of balconies. Has a little bit of uh, vertigo. <laughs> not her favorite spot. So, you know, that was nice for her. She got to stay on the ground. Oh, yeah. Now you made me feel about those 
Cheers. Uh, when you took me a lot of Disney plays, I, for some reason, I did not like references. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, you're talking about when we go see the uh, Disney plays, but they weren't exactly like the movie, and you'd get very upset about still, it. Still, still, I'm, I'm, I'm all cool with that. I, yes, I think I'm, I'm liking references now. Yeah, that that took a while though. That was that was a good chunk of time. Oh yeah, it's it's so creative to do to do my my own series that I can throw in whatever references I want to. The thing about that is I always felt bad for people because they didn't really understand why she was crying because it's a little abstract why someone would, you know, you wouldn't think, oh, they're upset because they're not following the storyline. Oh, why why is this one girl always crying in a Disney park? Right. So they thought that she didn't get to do what she wanted to do. And like some of the cast members would be like, oh, well, you can you can do this. And we're like, she's not crying because of that. <laughs> but thank you. <laughs> so yes, it gets a confusing. We said another sad thought here. But, the, but everyone was really nice to you about it, right? Well, yeah. Yeah, everyone yeah, tried to help. It just takes my step forward. And we don't and, and now you kind of understand that it's okay for them to be a little goofy with the storyline. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because I I'm pretty sure there 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 there's 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 a lot of young age image shows that, that says that say say about that. Just add some fun fun things to an old story. Right, right. Yeah, one of the examples was the um do you want to build a snowman? <laughs> they <laughs> what? I did, I can't believe I can't believe I cried. What? That's meant to be funny. I I'm not into Frozen. <laughs> yeah, she she. What? It was the theater. Oh yeah, Chernabog made a special appearance in Frozen. Right. So it was <laughs> the storytelling at the Royal Theater <laughs> at the Disneyland Resort. That oh. was. Where they have a lot of fun with the guys and they would retell the story and kind of, you know, bring in a lot of fun parts to kind of mix it up. And I can't oh. believe it. Come on. Yeah, that was not one of Fiona's better moments the first time we went and saw that. But after you got adjusted to it and understood what was going on yeah, and took a step back, we were perfectly fine. Rapunzel, I was fine. Yeah. Yes. Oh, it's Goldilocks. We're telling the story of Goldilocks. <laughs> So that, that was better. Well, well, it was not a funny moment at the time, but we can look back and realize everything's good now. All right, Ryan, you ready? Yeah. Um. So we were visiting Walt Disney World in August. Decided to go do a DVC tour because it was really, really hot and we just needed to get out of the heat for a while. That's hilarious. <laughs> Right? I mean, so her, like, <laughs> I mean, I really wasn't that interested in DVC, but I was like, like, sure, why not? And they're like, you can tour some models of the rooms and different things. And so, um, and then there was like refreshments and, you know, beverages and food. And so we're like, why not? <laughs> So sure. we went, so we were, so we were like, sure. And so, um, it was like our first and last time that we did August. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, yeah. so we got there and, um, I don't know, something had happened. Things were delayed and 
they were very nice. Uh, they ended up giving us a bunch of fast passes. Oh, cool! And it was it was when it was legacy fast pass system, and mm-hmm. we just had like we just had pa- it was paper, and they were just good to anything you wanted to go to. Um, nice. Yeah, and so oh, we got like it was either four or six like, each. So it was a lot of fast passes. I was like, hola, and you could use them on anything. I was like, oh, hola moly. <laughs> That's a lot. Yeah, it is. So, I mean, that, that was, it was almost fast passes enough for the rest of the day <laughs> once we got back <laughs> to the park. So, Oh, yeah. So that turned out, I mean, you know, that, I don't know if it, it was, it was kind of, I mean, the, 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 the bad part was it was just hot. So, I mean, yeah. you know, that's like, it was just like trying to get out of the heat. And then we found a spectacular way, I thought, to go because we had really good lemonade and <laughs> some cookies and they also had some savory stuff and then got bath passes. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so why not, right? Cool. Yeah, that turned out well. That's funny. I've never done that. Like I've never done the DVC tour. That's funny. No, that's funny. And you're a member. I know. <laughs> you did it for me. I did, yeah. It was interesting because they had like mock-ups of like different ones like from um, Alani and yeah, so you could go if you wanted because I mean, if you wanted to go buy into it, I guess, and you had it then, you could at least see what those rooms looked like. They're Mm -hmm. from Walt Disney World, so they were selling because that that was for sale. I think those are still for sale. They haven't sold out, I don't believe, of that resort. Yeah, that's a hard sell. Yeah, because it's Hawaii. Yeah, it's a lot to get out there and, you know. Yeah. But, yeah. So, I mean, it was, it was, it wasn't bad. And you could have mock-ups of, uh, at the time, I think it was Saratoga Springs that was selling. And there was one other one. I forgot what it was. But, um, so I thought, eh, that's, that, and it's not a, and it's not a hard sell either. No, they're not. You're not like uh -uh. stuck in a room or anything. You can just kind of walk around and tour the little the little rooms and get refreshments and mm-hmm. talk with a guy and he's just kind of like all right well if you decide you want this then give me a call here's my number basically it's very soft <laughs> it <laughs> is yeah. it is it's kind of funny yeah they don't really so. i mean it kind of sells itself like a family wants it to do it or they don't want to do it yeah. and they're you know it's good it is what it is a good thing to know uh side note if you ever, I know there's places where you can borrow DVC points. Saratoga Springs, almost always available. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's huge for one, and two, it's not really near anything. And I know Old Key West is like a little less points, so if people are gonna stay far, a little further away, they'll do Old Key West first, and then they'll do Saratoga Springs. So that's usually always available. Like for Thanksgiving, it's still available. So yeah. nothing else is. I keep, I'm waiting to see what that's going to look like. How many people aren't going to go Thanksgiving and they're just waiting to see what it's like. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. So. I have a feeling that'll free up. Well, and I, yeah, I just don't, I don't know how, how their sales are right now either. So yeah, they're not selling any rooms right now. Uh, they're not, I think June 26 is when they're going to start opening up their, uh, resort and hotel reservations. Cause everything isn't, nothing's open right now. You can't make reservations at all 
or oh, I, they... I meant for DVC, like what they're selling, oh. and, that, and yeah. yeah, yeah, I doubt they're selling much of anything right now. Oh Just no, over mm-hmm. yeah, not not rooms for for not reserving rooms because yeah, you can't reserve rooms really. Well, uh, you you can start now, right? You can start doing reservations now, right? You can do DVC reservations if you're not borrowing points. Okay. And or some funky algorithm, but I I don't know. <laughs> I can't even. I I just I'm like what? No, okay. I need that on paper because I don't know what you mean by that. <laughs> that explains. That's me. a crazy time right now to try and plan <laughs> any kind of vacation, right? It is. It is. Um, yeah. The, the only good thing is we're actually if we go for Thanksgiving, we're flying to Orlando. Yeah. Because we could, we found it was two hundred and eighteen dollars per person round trip. So, oh, that's not bad. No, it's not. It's not. And we, because we canceled so many trips, we had um, airlines money, so it wasn't. You know, it was like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, transferred over there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Another good thing. Southwest is. Um, if you have to cancel a flight, Southwest is letting you keep that money until February 2nd, 2022. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, Southwest is spectacular and you can get a hold of an agent and, um, they, they stand by what they say, um, and changing your flights so easy. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, it really is. Yeah. Uh, I can't even tell you the headache I went through with American when COVID-19 hit. Oh. Uh, it was awful. Awful, oh, wow. awful, awful. Oh, my gosh. I even I went to their, their headquartered here in DFW, and I, I, I made four trips to their to their ticket windows at DFW and still didn't. Wow. Care. Oh, yeah. To, and the, the age, it was so bad. The agents were like, we know what they're telling you and what they're saying and what they've announced, but we literally cannot do it. Our computers won't let us do it. Okay. In terms of like being able to rescheduling. So yeah. The poor, I know. The poor ticketing agents, you know, they were oh, probably yeah. just pulling their hair, you know, and so you can't really blame them. So I'd go back and see if, is it fixed today? And you couldn't get through on the phone. I mean, like they were completely yeah. shut down on it. Like their phone system was completely like, I'm sure it's totally flooded. shut down. So, yeah. but, um, Southwest is not like that. So they've been super easy. You could change stuff on their app. American, you can, I'm just like, I could like American. I have, it will it will it will take a lot to get me back onto American. Yeah, I think part of the problem with some of these older airlines is their back systems are antiquated. They are. They their databases are antiquated and they really yeah. need to upgrade them, but you know. It takes money. Mm-hmm. So yeah. It's always anyway. interesting. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Didn't mean to go on about that because that's not a glad. The glad game in that is I'm (laughs) flying Southwest, (laughs) and Southwest is spectacular. We I've honestly (laughs) never never heard about 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 quarantine because it's like I almost thought oh it's been in science class, but I didn't know it was it was going to spread this year. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, you, we didn't. Nobody thought this would be what we would be doing this year for sure. Oh no. Nope, nope. 
but I get to spend so much more time with my family now, and we have so many more meals together. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's kind of funny. I know it's, it's, it, you know, some of the sports are kind of starting up and they're doing like little, you know, little groups of kids and kind of getting that, that ball rolling. And, you know, it's kind of like, really, do we have to go to practice? <laughs> kind of like not going to practice. Oh my gosh. It's so funny. All right. Are we done with our glad game? Yeah. Yeah. Sh- sure. I, I think, yeah. Turns out 2014 and 2015 was the big year of our meltdowns. Was that it? I'm so glad you remember years like that. <laughs> I'm spectacular. I have to like go back and like backtrack. Okay, where? That's why I take pictures of everything, everything, so I can remember. Me too. Yeah. All right, that's it for the Glad Game. I hope you guys enjoy our conversation of the 60th anniversary of Pollyanna. And now it's time to head way out west for a little patch of heaven. up with the end of the sky it's left in nebraska and over a crest on a little patch of heaven way out west everything's green know what i mean well thank you for joining us this evening as we discuss the film pollyanna and this film came out in Actions together, getting back in the animated. Um, you know, we've gone about 15 years uh, since the war ended, so you know they're getting back on their steady stream. 
And this is the introduction of Haley Mills to the American audience. And she had done a couple of things before this, but really not noticed in um, the Amer in America. You know, I think England was a little familiar with her. But uh, this was an interesting choice by Walt Disney. And I know you, Ryan, you watched the interview that they had for the 60th anniversary of this movie. And uh, she was talking about how the director really didn't want Haley Mills for the part of Pollyanna. He had another person in mind for that. Who did he have in mind? And who would that be? I don't know. <laughs> oh, okay. I just know she mentioned it. And so she was a little bit frightful of being on set, but they worked together well. Um, yeah, but she was definitely Walt's choice for the movie because I think he saw the movie that she had been in. Technically, they probably didn't, didn't have that much precaution of, uh, of any beta Pollyannas. Yeah, a lot of times they don't keep information like that around, for sure. I mean, people weren't documenting every moment of everybody's life back in 1960 like we do today and have all these things pop up. This was not the first choice for this role. and This was not the first choice for that role. So, and I kind of wanted to uh, talk a little bit the background of Pollyanna and where that that came from, and it because that book had been around for a long time. Uh, the book, um, it was Pollyanna the Glad Book by Eleanor Porter, right? And it came out in 1913. Yeah, so it came out in 1913, and it was it was pretty wildly popular. This was the most popular books that um, Eleanor Hogman Porter. Hodgman Potter wrote and she was an American author she started writing books in 1907 in her 30s uh, she was came from a small town in Littleton New Hampshire the town that Pollyanna is placed in is kind of reminiscent of of the town that she grew up in but that that doesn't surprise me because a lot of writers do that they'll um, lean on their own experiences in life to represent yeah. things Totally. They'll write about what they know. Absolutely. Even while Disney, Main Street USA is supposed to represent where he grew up in Marcelina, uh, Missouri. I don't know how many people have been to Marcelina, Missouri, but Walt Disney really had an imagination. <laughs> he really glamorized where he grew up in Marceline. And that's okay. <laughs> there's, there's nothing wrong with that. Even if you if you think part, part of Main's, Main Street would... would... What do you think it would also be a look like the Pollyanna? Yeah, kind of the same period of time. With, yeah, uh, it would have been mm -hmm. close. Be yeah, for sure. Because it's like every everyone just running around and, and, and get their hats from each store. Get their hats from each store. Yeah, they like to show, um, was it millinery, millinery stores that made hats back then? They love to show those in old movies and lots of hats and windows. I think it's because it's very unique to that time period. And silly well, hats were a big deal. They were. They were a big deal. It was a, definitely a... Um, and selling some wigs. And, and selling, yes, wigs. Right wigs here. were big in the 60s. People have completely forgotten that. Like, everybody wore wigs in the 1960s. And, and yes, I guess, apparently, when I said wigs, that was, that was actually that's, that was actually Haley Mills' like, lifetime. Oh, yeah. yeah we were listening, when we were listening to... Um, Haley Mills talk about the movie. She spoke about the wigs that she had to wear. 
And um, yeah, which happens a lot in movies because they want the perfect hair. I don't know mm-hmm. if it's mm-hmm. if it's if it's like when they see anyone wear a wig and it feels like they're doing move it that they're trying to take it off. It feels like they don't they don't really like the feeling of it. No, they could be really itchy. She well, yeah, it's like it's a it's ancient fabric. Well, yeah, it's a, well, hair is itchy, and then you so you have then you have a wig of fake hair, and it's it's unsettling on your head or can be. Fiona's trying to itch me with her hair now. <laughs> <laughs> Eleanor Potter, she was actually uh, ill a lot as a child and was homeschooled or tutored at home a lot to kind of get her caught up and finish in her schooling. So she spent a lot of time alone. I'm sure she spent a lot of time in her imagination dreaming up things of, of places and going places and doing things that you couldn't do um, in bed. In, in, and I think a lot of, a lot of kids do that. Even Walt Disney, when he stepped on that nail and then you know really started focusing on drawing at home and kind of changed uh, who he wanted to be and how, and how he wanted to represent himself and what he wanted to do when he grew up. So it's it's interesting when you do you go through an experience like that you kind of reevaluate your importance and and you know you want to go out there and do things. And and that's what I need what I need to, to keep in mind to do my made up characters. What well, well, as we're stuck at home for this quarantine? Um um yeah, so it'll just leave to a new exciting life for me. Right? There you go. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. I think there will be some very interesting stories that come out of a lot of the kids growing up in this period of time and that'll come out in 10 to 20 years from their imaginations. Fiona went and got her phone um, because she we've been discussing like a lot of words um, and definitions of words and how to describe certain things. And blankly, I went, here's my digital inter... Integral. Integral studio. Yes, yeah, so she's trying to think of names for her studio, and vocabulary words can be a little bit tricky for uh, Fiona, but she wants something unique also. Like a little iffy to iffy? Mm-hmm. Well, sometimes when you're naming something, it needs to be personal, too, not just well, well, abstract it's like, words. Uh, I, I need like a copycat name for, for copying similar animation. A, a copycat name? You don't um, want a copycat name. Like any a word that that says for for copy for for looking similar. Oh, okay. Looking similar like a twin or or a word that that describes that for instance. Okay. So developing a name for a studio. Yes. Okay. Oh, so Eleanor Potter was also a, a fairly a well-trained um, choral singer. And she attended the New Hampshire Conservatory of Music and was part of the Cam- of Cambridge's Choral Society. So I thought that was fascinating. Uh, she was. It sounds like she was never able to have kids. She did get married in 1819, and uh, they moved to Massachusetts. So I'm sure she took up um, writing as as something of her own because uh, there weren't a lot of professions back then that women could even enter into. Uh, writing was one of them, for sure. Um, and I don't. Did she publish her books as E. H. Potter or Eleanor Potter? Sometimes a lot of women would just use their initials, circumvent the preconceived ideas of women. Yeah, she used her. She she'd use her full name, um, okay, Eleanor well, Hodgman Potter Porter. Sorry. Um, 
but she Porter, but she also wrote under pseudonyms Eleanor Stewart and Eleanor Stewart spelled two different ways. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, some people wanted to keep a sense of anonymity to them. There really isn't a whole lot more about her life that's been written. Uh, post humor, hum- oh, I can never say that. Post humorously, she was awarded um, the Notable Women of New Hampshire from the National Organization of Women in 1990. She wrote 15 novels and 200 short stories. Because it is in public that in her private life she hasn't done anything bad, right? No, no, she just had a very quiet life, basically. Well, well, yeah, I just, yeah, unliking me because I never mentioned that that much stuff in my life as well. I never, I, I, I never really remember that much in my life as well. You don't? Oh, I think you remember an awful lot. Well, yeah, but, but I guess just some certain parts when I have a repetitive say about. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. And uh, I think you would probably say it like posthumously. Oh, thank you. I, I cannot pronounce that word to save my life. It's a hard one. <laughs> I can't. I just, there's certain words, like I get stuck going a certain direction and there is no changing it. And I know it's wrong. <laughs> there's a couple different pronunciations on it, but like posthumously is probably one of the one of the ways that you try and pronounce it. It's, yeah. it's a hard one. It is. I kind of get stuck like in a, a circle, in a circular motion, just like trying to get out of a hole. It's absolutely uh, impossible. I mean, I do have like a slight spe- uh, speech impediment and I have to be careful about my language, but I mean, not, there's, a, you can't help me at this point. <laughs> so, not a problem. <laughs> no issue. Wow. Just, because you never know whatever I pick up on. I know. Just let me know how to pronounce it. Cause I'm going to do it wrong. Cause I can't do it right. <laughs> And see, I have to work on it because I pronounce for like the spelling bee and oh my stars, <laughs> that is, some of those words are ridiculous. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I have to go listen to a recording of it uh-huh. and some of the words and, and, and practice oh. uh, and go find somebody of the native language sometimes and okay, help me with this because my ear can't hear all the little nuances sometimes. It's just a Pesamaquati, Pesamadaddy, Pesamazuki trail. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the English language. You have to love it. All right. <laughs> uh, it's a mishmash. It's a mishmash. <clears throat> it is. It's like seven languages into uh, one. Your library. Or more. <laughs> your library from, from Ludwig von Drake. Yeah. Oh, yes. Is that how he says it? Uh, Fiona, does Ludwig von Drake say it? Library? Oh no! <laughs> Your library. There, that's it. Okay, that's what. Okay, gotcha. That cracks me up. Great connection there. You had to make me do a voice right there. Yeah, we had. Of to. course. Uh, I do have one quote from uh, Mrs. Porter, and and she says that her book was never intended to be blind optimism. Pollyanna did not pretend that everything was sugar-coated goodness. Instead, Pollyanna was positively determined to find the good in every situation. And it kind of reminded me a little bit because Pollyanna has kind of become a negative term. Uh, Even, like, I heard one of my friends the other day said, oh, I sound like a Pollyanna. And I'm like, oh, I haven't heard that in a while. 
But you also had that connection where you're like, oh, I sound like an early Mickey Mouse. Right. So that reminded me how the Mickey Mouse had become such a negative. Oh, you Mickey Mouse did. Had become such a negative uh, connotation to that because of the sugary sweetness and goodness of it. Which is funny because Mickey Mouse isn't really, really sugary goodness. But I think it got... Uh. Oh, oh, yeah, he was a big jerk at the candy shop at Main Street. What? <laughs> oh, yeah, he was a big he was a big jerk down at Main Street. He was? Did you see something? Or? Wikipedia. Oh, Wikipedia. <laughs> Someone complaining? Just some Google search I saw. Oh, okay. So a random person was quoting, saying how they thought Mickey Mouse wasn't kind or something. Uh, yeah, at first. Okay. And that's how Mickey ended up sharing his jeans with Donald. <laughs> his jeans? Oh, oh, because they both have the kind of bad attitude every now and then. Yeah. Yes. Gotcha. 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 So not the pants, the DNA. <laughs> gotcha. But I kind of like that quote from her because it is, you know, I'm, I never really thought that, you know, I, and I don't always understand where I kind of understand. Okay. So let me jump that back a hundred meters. So I kind of understand where people get the Pollyanna and the blind optimism. And I don't think that's really true even in this movie. I think it's a little girl trying to um, just get through. Yeah, her parents have passed away and she's dealing. I mean, like there, there are some very serious themes in here. Yeah, you know, it's, it's sometimes <clears throat> kids, will, that's their coping mechanism. They kind of just say, okay, I can't deal with that right now. I'm going to push that down and I'm going to be a happy person right now and deal with it later. And she's not really allowed to even deal with it at her aunt's house because she's just mean. Uh But I never looked at it as blind optimism. But I think there's that tinge where um, you you might read this as a kid and then you come back to it and go, oh, how can anybody act this way? This is how the world really is. That it's hard. I think it's hard for adults sometimes to remember what they were like as children, too. Mm-hmm. Oh so. yeah. Look, uh, oh yeah. I didn't realize for the four that one one sibling was was actually mean 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 to the to the other sibling in the movie. Oh, the aunt. Yeah. Um. Usually. Yeah, because because Pollyanna's mom is uh, the aunt's sister. Yeah. And now uh, I think I think I'm trying to start. And now I'm starting to get some Song of the South vibes here. Oh, oh, okay, yeah, because um, yeah, everyone was a devil back 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 in the, back in those years. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of a kindness towards children in a whole. I mean, there's some truth to that. Children were seen and not heard. That was kind of a common saying. Yeah, I just, I just think maybe those were thoughts why, why they, they kept banning that movie. Oh, that's not why they banned Song of the South. Well, I know. Uh-huh. But maybe it was just, it was just a bit of a twisted story for some people. Okay. Oh, because they, they were so mean. Um, yeah. But I think that might, but it does represent a truth. Just like that, like, you know, everyone was telling Pollyanna how lucky she was that someone from her family was going to take her in. Because a lot of times family members didn't take in children who lost their parents. Because it was too much. It was like too hard, too much work, you know, that sort of a thing. Uh, Oh, so one of the things that really benefited the Disney studio at this time, because if you look at the casting of this movie, there are some really incredible actors that are in this movie. 
And some of that is because the studio system where, you, you know, like Paramount Pictures owned everything. They owned the actors, they owned the sets, they owned the theaters, they owned the distribution system. That all came to an end in 1948 with there was a verdict in the antitrust case between the United States versus Paramount Pictures. But it it didn't really completely deteriorate until the early 1960s because you still had a lot of people working together very closely. Like you almost had to flush out some of the old people that were in control and get some new in control. But they, I was looking it up in Paramount. Paramount in 1948 made $20 million and in 1949 made $6 million in one year. So they were deeply hurt by uh, the antitrust. But this helped smaller studios and helped independent filmmakers really break into cinema. And we see that a lot in the 60s and 70s. You get some really awesome B movies in the 1960s. <laughs> <laughs> yes, for the teenagers that, that could be like 30 percent what rotten tomatoes <laughs> yeah but like the 1970s movies like easy rider and that kind of thing come into play we are the was amigos. but you see um, a lot of actors all of a sudden who had been working for years and years in this system kind of like coming to the end of their careers and not really having a lot of work and some of the Disney movies were the last movies they ever made. And I think that's why you see some of these amazing actors coming from the 20s, 30s, and 40s coming into these movies. That's why you get a Jane Wyman in Pollyanna. And ever, do you know who Jane Wyman is, Fiona? Well, she played she played Aunt Polly. Uh, yeah, yeah, but was there something I need to click on that, that, that she mainly played? Well... She mainly played. She she had a she was really good. Jane Wyman had a really dirty look on her face. I mean, she could just give it to you with her eyes, for sure. Kind of like kind of like the mother-in-law of Haley Mills, but she ended up going going to having a serious a serious side of of pretty dark connection of PG thirteen movies. Oh, yeah, so she made the, uh, her breakthrough role was actually in 1948, which is kind of funny when the studio started falling apart. She made a movie, Johnny Belinda, and I'm not even going to kind of go into what that movie is about, but it's really, really dark, and nowadays that would definitely be a PG-13 movie, but she plays, um, I, I think she plays like a deaf and blind person and kind of has to defend herself and... A really bad situation which is great be because uh, yeah i i handle watching a dark uh, the dark movie of the the bread winner her which i i had to see because of, of the onward onward group mu music yeah so fiona this week watched the movie the breadwinner yeah which was about the taliban a girl living under the Taliban regime, and I think it was like 2001 it was based around? I don't know, 2007. 2007 is based about, and she watched it because the people who did the music for The Breadwinner did the music for Onward. And she mom was like, movie. are you okay? Well, it's an intense animation. It's a PG-13. But I mean, but at least it tells a, a, a story of what, what, usually, what usually happened in, in, in town. 
What what happened in that area when the Taliban took over? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So and it's that's not happy, at all. It's really really um, dire dire situations. So back to Pollyanna. So we have Haley Mills who plays Pollyanna. Uh, and she came from a really well-established acting and playwright family. Her dad was Sir John Mills, and her mom was Mary Haley Bell. They were both actors and writers. And uh, you'll recognize John Mills from the Swiss Family Robinson. Yes. They were cast. They were her. Her dad was cast in the Swiss Family Robinson at the same time Haley Mills was cast in um, Pollyanna. And it makes sense. I mean, if you <laughs> if you can get that actor to come on board for that, for sure. Yeah. So yeah. So he he was getting both of the mills in a couple different films, mm-hmm. and Walt, like you said, really liked Haley. Said that she was the greatest movie find in twenty five years. <laughs> there you go. Yes, and he used yeah. her a mm-hmm. lot. He loved Walt. Loved her. Oh, and I love her. I love her in the movies. There's just yeah. she has the cutest expressions in these movies, and you you kind of, you believe what she's saying because of the expressions on her face when she's mm-hmm. playing them, even though she cannot sing. God bless her. <laughs> no, nope, that's okay. She's the secondary Catherine Boehm. She cannot sing high. <laughs> uh. <laughs> and you t- say who Kathy, uh, Catherine Boehm is? Well, uh, 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 obviously, obviously, Alice, uh-huh. and yeah, for dreaming of that, if Pollyanna is just like an Alice look-alike, similar, yeah, the similar look for sure. But she also played Wendy. Wendy, but yeah, but 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 still, no singing. Well, she well, sang. I meant, I meant, yeah, <laughs> your mother. But it's very soothing, like yes, it is. And what's fascinating about Kathy, uh, Catherine Beaumont is she only did the two movies, but she they remained in California after that. They didn't go back to England. Now, who else was cast in the film? Oh, does that mean I, I can never go back to California? Let me, let me, yeah. Oh, no. Does <laughs> that <laughs> no. <laughs> mean that? Um, in, in Pollyanna? Yeah. Oh, we'll go back to that? All right. Uh <laughs> So you have uh, Richard Egan, who plays Dr. Edmund Chilton, and he's kind of like that love interest that comes back into town for Aunt Polly, kind of that person to soften her heart, and the only one that really challenges her in the film, really gets her to think about what is she doing with her life, how is she treating people, and he he gets her to reevaluate all her choices. Um. Oh, but I, I thought this was me. I totally, I'm, I'm like all over this. He is the original Smolder. He- <laughs> <laughs> oh, then, then. I was thinking about that when I, The Rock. I don't know if Dwayne, you saw the Dwayne Dwayne Johnson. Uh-huh, Dwayne Johnson. The Rock. <laughs> he does that Smolder look in the um, Jumanji movies. <laughs> I know it's, it's totally off topic here. Yeah, and, and that always reminds me of Flynn Rider. Flynn Rider doing it. Yeah. Oh, what's Rapunzel. the guy? That, what's the guy yeah. that plays him? The Chuck Chuck character. Oh, the actor from Chuck. Yeah. Oh, Zachary Levi. Yeah, then then Dwayne Johnson and Zachary Levi. 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 The smoldering couple. Yes. <laughs> 
And what's really fascinating to, him, to me about Richard Egan is he was in the 1959 movie, A Summer Place. Have you seen that, Ryan? No. You have to watch A Summer Place because that explains Greece. Oh. Because in The Summer Place, you have Troy Donahue and Sandra D. So, oh. yes, if anybody knows the song that, uh, was it? Riz, uh, Rizzo sings and that song she sings as for you Troy Donahue I know what you want to do oh wow <laughs> it's from the <clears throat> summer place yes <laughs> Every, uh, all that song yeah yes good thing you never you never watched that episode where where they did Grease and Encore an encore? Yeah. Oh, did they? Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The encore, which is the Disney Plus show where they have people revive their theater productions from high school. Yeah, but it feels like you never watched that much of that. Oh, yeah. I, I just thought that was really funny. Well, you just think everyone's being sarcastic in that show. Well, no. Well, it's it's a little goofy. There's a little like fake drama they keep creating in the show. We are planning to do an episode about plays. Yeah. So, and he went on to do television after this movie. And then Carl Malden, who... I like him. Yes, love him. He apparently looks like my (laughs) father-in-law. Which is funny. He plays the Reverend Paul Ford. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is kind of like the Wrath of God preacher that doesn't want to take sides in the town. Um. He's a really well-respected actor. He was um, in On the Waterfront and A Streetcar Named Desire, which are two movies that Marlon Brando uh, was in, like in his heyday. And then Nancy Olsen plays Nancy Furman, who is the housemaid who is in love. And she's very famous. She's a Disney legend. She is. And um, it's interesting that that she would... She she was really good at playing kind of uh, side characters in the mm-hmm. film mm-hmm. Uh, and films films because she, she was in Sunset Boulevard and won the Academy Award uh, for Best Supporting Actress there for Sunset Boulevard, which is an excellent film if you've never seen it. I've seen parts of it. I don't think I've sat through the whole thing, so I need to see that one, and you need to see a summer place. Yeah, that's an excellent. That's an if you let, if if you're at all interested in film noir, Sunset Boulevard is an excellent example of film noir. Yeah, we got plenty plenty of notebooks to check on. Lots of things to check up on. It would be like a really dark version of Singing in the Rain. Oh. Okay. So if you take out like all the songs and dances and stuff, it's a, it's it's about you know Hollywood transitioning from talkies to or from silent films to talkies and what happened to the silent film star and that kind of thing. So it does that same sort of transition period, but this is very dark compared to Singing in the Rain. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I could probably handle it. Yeah. You yeah you could handle this one because yeah. it's a you know it's. That that is a it's kind of classic suspense film. It's not it, yeah. It would definitely probably be PG thirteen, maybe PG PG thirty, probably PG thirteen for just some of the subject matter in it. Anything is would be dark compared to Singing in the Rain. I yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so but Nancy Olsen is amazing in that. Oh um, yeah, so. I have to check that out. For sure. Yeah. 
And she's in one of my favorite movies, Snowball Express, the Disney. Yes. <laughs> I, I don't line. even know if that movie's on Disney Plus. What, Snowball Express? Yeah. It is or is not? I don't know. Oh, well, I got it. Yeah, that one. I must have watched that movie like 30 times growing up, just on the, on the rewind <laughs> over and over. I don't know why. I love that movie so much. And then we have um, Adolf Menju. I think is his name, Mr. Pendergrass. He plays the eccentric bachelor that has traveled the world and at this uh-huh. point is retired with his house of antiquities and has kind of has the superstition in town that uh, he keeps children in his basement. <laughs> if they disobey him, he traps them there. Uh, that's the kind of mystique that he's built up in town. He is, I mean, he was, oh, he was the studio actor for sure. From 1914 to 1958, uh, I think this is one of his last movies he did. He made 150 movies. Oh, wow. Yeah, like that's totally, it's totally insane. And you can't even go, oh, so hard to pick one out. But I kind of picked one out that was a Disney tie, not to a movie, but to an actor he worked with. So he worked, he was in Paths of Glory with Kirk Douglas. But he played a lot of, um, he, he kind of started out as, you know, silent film, obviously. And then we worked his way up and he was always the supporting actor, but quite the career. And then we have Donald Crisp, who is the mayor, Carl Warren. He's the one that's always fighting against uh, Aunt Polly and never really getting anywhere. He's just very upset that she's kind of got the whole town wrapped around her finger financially and socially. Um, so he's the headstrong trying to break up the monopoly uh, of the Harris family in town. He was in with Withering Heights with Lawrence Olivier and Hal Green was my valley with Maureen O'Hara, who also has a Disney tie with a parent trap. Now I'm kind of agreeing here because it feels like most of those Paramount movies uh- had some monopolies. Oh, the studios. Well, there is MGM and there's Paramount and there is 20th Century. Those are huge monopolies going on at the time. There was kind of like there's some good and some bad, more bad than good. <laughs> I mean, there there was the sense that you would have a meal. Like actors didn't have to worry about where their next meal was coming from because they had had the contract for five years but there was a lot of bad in their contracts like the the studios almost tried to control their lives but that was kind of like a leftover um from i mean a lot of industry leaders tried to do that in the 1890s and the turn of the century Uh, you you see that with the coal mines for sure and then you see that with some industries like even chicago they have a national park where I can't even remember what what he was some industry something manufacturer um, and he had built like the entire city where everybody should live and told them like um, how they should talk and what they should learn and how what church they should go to I mean it was really insane totally insane but a lot of that um, went away when these and unfortunately didn't go away until these uh, industry leaders died because they were so powerful. And then um, you have Agnes Moorhead, who... Who I love. Yes. (laughs) And why do you love her, Ryan? Oh, she's just sassy. She's fun. (laughs) And great comedic timing. 
Um, she was in Bewitched. She played the uh, mother-in-law uh-huh. in, in Bewitched. Just really, really funny. But she also was a really good actress. She was yes. part of the Mercury Players, um, which Orson Welles started or was a big part of. So so he's an, she was an uh, uh, Orson Welles Mercury Players. And Orson Welles, of course... Um, did the movie Citizen Kane and Agnes Moorhead. That's her film debut was in Citizen Kane. She played the mother of the child. Yeah, and it's funny because, like, you and I, being um, Gen Xers, we totally knew her from Bewitched, from all the reruns from, they would show. Mm-hmm. Yep, they we, reran that all the time. Yeah, we come home from school, there it was. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. But, you know, my mom or and your parents, I'm sure, would look at her and go, oh, she's like this great actress. And, what she, you know, and then we see her on Bewitched. Yeah, so it's yeah. funny because you don't make those connections until you get older and you're like, oh, that movie. Oh, that movie. I got it. I gotcha. <laughs> she had a very long career and was in many, many films uh, nominated for various awards. Yeah, so like her film career started in 1941 and went into 1974. It was a television movie, but that's a long career. Mm-hmm. But I bet she didn't do 150 movies like Adolf Menjou did. <laughs> no, not that many, but she had a lot. So I think he wins of our list of cast tonight. He's definitely the winner. Yeah, probably. She's probably a good runner-up. Yeah. <laughs> so then we get to Kevin... Corcoran, who, mm-hmm. if you are a Disney fan of any measure, you know who Kevin uh, Corcoran is. Uh, you know mm-hmm. him as Moochie from the Mickey Mouse Club. Um, he plays Jimmy Bean, who's the orphan who lives at the Harrisburg Orphanage that is maintained by the Harris family. There's a lot of orphans in this small little town. Yeah. Oh, my Lord. I don't know what's going on there, but... Yeah, he he would have he was in like Old Yeller, The Shaggy Dog, Swiss Family Robinson, Babes in Toyland. I mean, like this, this he was like in Babes so in many Toyland. Disney films. All the way to yeah. Her- Herbie Goes Bananas. I mean, isn't that funny? Yes, he sadly passed away um, too early, and he passed away um, a little while ago, about four or five years ago. Uh, but he turned to directing and producing uh, it, the murder mm-hmm. she wrote. And then a show I used to watch, Providence, which is about Providence, Rhode Island, that I thought was mm-hmm. really fun. But I just love how he, he directed it and produced Murder, She Wrote episodes. I got a kick out of that. Those were good. <laughs> they were. They just were. funny. Yeah. He was a cute little kid, too. You know, yeah. you watch him in, you, you watch him in um, Old Yeller, Pollyanna, Swiss Family Robinson. Those are some of my favorite films he's in. And he's just he just does a really really good job acting at such a young age yes and kevin plays kevin all the way through he's very consistent <laughs> and in transitioned fairly uh both look at both Haley and kevin transitioned quite well into adulthood in hollywood which is not easy to do which is rare yeah. no no not at all Mm-mm. but i think Haley growing up and in her parents knowing helps and then Kevin must just have been kind of like everything rolls off his back and it'll be okay kind of guy. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have Rita Shaw who plays Tilly Lager- uh, Lagerloff 
uh, the house cook. And, and Aya was, was all like, mm-hmm. hey, it's Mary Poppins woman. Exactly, yes. She reprises mm-hmm. her cooking skills. <laughs> yep. And nearly the same outfit, it seemed like. <laughs> it's Mary Poppins. But I mean, like, the Happiest Meal of the Air felt like it, it had those similar main out- outfits as well. Well, it's a similar time period, yeah. I just, I love that line from Mary Pops, Poppins, and don't trip on your way out, dearie. <laughs> I just love the and way she, she delivers the line. She's a great dancer. She's a great dancer. Oh, yeah, she dances in both movies, too. <laughs> that, I, yeah. Very true. Jeff, my husband and Fiona both got a kick out of her dancing. Oh, the other guy that was dancing in, with her at the it when they had the bazaar at the end and they were doing that really stiff dance. Like I don't mm-hmm. even know what that was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's all sorts of awesome. And then you, she was dancing in boats for women in Mary Poppins. Oh Lord, she's awesome. And that was Edward Platt. She was dancing with yeah. Edward Platt. Yes, yeah. Edward Platt. Who, who we have who, we have next who up. Edward Platt is play as playing Ben. Tarbell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And their 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 faces are funny. You are right. <laughs> oh, man. It's like it's like the most uncomfortable dancing you've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. We're... Uncomfortable, awkward. I mean they're dancing well, but they look so awkward <gasps> together. It's just they do it so well, it's hysterical. Well, I we think just, she's bigger than him. Aww, we just yeah. made fun of those old women. <laughs> it wasn't that, it was the look on her face. <laughs> I don't know whose idea that was, but it was genius. Well, we need some, we 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 just we some kick and dance dancing while while someone's just scrambling the 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 pick pick up whatever being souvenir around the carnival. Oh I, yeah, as they're all going around playing the different games and buying the foods and stuff like that. Man, they had. Yeah. Did you see that before the their announcement bell rung? Yeah. Did you see how the cook was slicing those pieces of cake and giving it to the. Mm-hmm. Oh Lord, that's a huge piece of cake. Is it Trunchbull size? It was Trunchbull. Well, Trunchbull from Matilda. Matilda, the movie Matilda. Man, that was like a huge, like three, four decorated cake, and then you're getting like one sixth of it. It was insane. And while I watched the movie, I got a brownie, and I think it was it was Oreo ice cream on top of it. Yeah. <laughs> Are you feeling feeling the Pollyanna at that moment? Well, uh, huge yeah, pieces of I had, dessert. Well, yeah, exactly. I had a huge stomachache after the movie. Oh, well, you can't eat like that. Nobody can. But uh, so Edward Platt, he, I love, he has a really good dry sense of humor. Mm-hmm. Very deadpan. Yes. And he was in North by Northwest, which is a Hitchcock movie, and Rebel mm-hmm. Without a Cause with James Dean. And then the last, um, I don't know if you want to add any more actors, but the last, actor that I um, I'm going to mention is Mary Grace Canefield and mm-hmm. she plays Angelica the grumpy faced housemaid <laughs> mm-hmm. she's funny she's a very good grumpy face she'd mm-hmm. be a good grumpy cat face for sure and she was in the TV show Green Acres <laughs> which was on reruns a lot when we were young kids too came home and saw yep yeah, yeah and then she was in various other TV shows and stuff mm-hmm like just an episode or two by yeah. Bewitched. <laughs> yeah, she's very noticeable. You can't forget her. 
Yeah, she'd do little uh, cameos or something for an episode in different TV shows. She's fun. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Usually as somebody grumpy. <laughs> yes. All right. Fiona, did you want to talk a little bit about the movie and um, um, what you thought about it? Uh, uh, yes. And I guess how we started this movie is obviously the big, the big anniversary of D23 chatting at a, a, a home vlog. Uh-huh. Yeah, they made a video. They were, in, they were um, interviewing Haley Mills. Who doesn't do a lot of interviews? Well, I guess besides her appearance, her appearance nowadays. So, and when I heard about this, I guess I guess Walt kind of called her, kind of called her a cabbage. Oh no, that was her dad. Yeah, after the, she was talking about how um, the first day of filming, it was really, really hot, and she was really uncomfortable because the clothes were itchy and the wig was itchy, and so she's having a hard time like breaking into her role and kind of finding her place. And um, so her dad pulled her aside and told her that she was being a, a white cabbage, which basically meant. You know, no personality, very flat on the screen, and not convincing in her role. And she needed to do something about that. Like, oh, oh, that that's your New hamster type of food. Oh, New Hampshire food? <laughs> White cabbage. All right. There you go. And now we started the film. It's, it's, it's like, it feels like it is kind of a code TV police right here. And, and she's all like, Pollyanna. Pollyanna, it's Ray G. I'm out. Like he's a no. Pr princesses are the stronger girls in in my town. Is that Adia? Yeah. Are you representing Adia? Oh my gosh. All right. So is there like try to think of like one scene that you really thought was a good scene in this movie or one plot line. Okay, I might do some spoilers here. Oh, that's oh, sweetie. It's a sixty-year-old movie. Spoil away. Okay. <laughs> so Kevin Corden's character, um, Jimmy, Jimmy Bean, had the idea of of secretly going going out of 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 a room by um climbing climbing down a, down a tree, because I think I think boys back then had had those never fear never fear mo moves. I think that's boys in any period of time, and most children. After that, she she thought that would be her expert. I ideas of like snugging into your room kind of like without anyone noticing like she hasn't been that she hasn't been gone gone for a while and mm -hmm. and she earned she earned her her doll back back at the fair or and and when she started cl climbing climbing up the tree it will tickly she okay there's a lot of viewer Viewer thoughts there that she would have thrown her doll into the room instead of like jump on on the roof with with her doll. That was what your dad was saying. Like she could have, uh, the outcome could have been completely different if she had rethought the way she was entering her room when she was climbing the tree. So Fiona's jumped to the end of the movie <laughs> with a little bit of preface pre 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 preface to um, why. It, um, Pollyanna was climbing a tree, but not really explaining all the way up. So let's put a let's put a, a nail in that thought real quick. So let's focus 
Um, the first part that you were talking about, how Pollyanna and Jimmy Bean uh, snuck onto the property um, of Mr. Pendergrast, right? Because Jimmy Bean wanted to show Pollyanna this like amazing tree, right? Like the Be- best tree in Harrisburg. This is, this is like a sibling reminder because some, sometimes the, the boys are, are just forcing to do their plans out loud. Oh, oh, he was, Jimmy Bean was? Yeah. Yeah, like he told Pollyanna she had to come because he had to show her this like amazing tree. Well, an amazing thing. Uh, she didn't, I don't even think she knew it was a tree. It was just an amazing thing. Amazing and then, thing? Yeah, I think, if I recall correctly. And she she was like, a tree. Oh, yes. <laughs> Basically, yes. you want, you want me to, <laughs> a stupid tree you brought me all. <laughs> and then Jimmy Bean's like, but this is the best climbing tree in town <laughs> and stuff. And so, yeah, it was funny. But we're trespassing, and we're going to get in trouble for a tree. And <laughs> for we, a tree. we could yeah. get dirty after climbing it. Yes, yes. Pollyanna was, oh, a, there's a lot of dirt on her all the time. <laughs> I don't think no one was, like, was like clean back in the 60s, 70s. Oh, you mean the 1910s? Yeah. When this took place? Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. it's, hard, it's hard to stay clean and all white climbing a tree or running around or climbing under or going under a and- fence and fishing and... Um, I would dare say when you were her age, you, your mom would not have dressed you in all white no. to go outside. No, no, <laughs> That's no, just no, kids no. in general still. No. <laughs> it's like you're just asking for it, dressing your kids in white I and then sending them outside to play. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't even dress in white. Like I had to put yeah. all my white clothes away. <laughs> Hey, how about roll, rolling, rolling grass on East on Easter in your Stitch and Angel onesies? Oh, there you go. Yes, yes. Oh, you're talking about Elias and Adia, how they dressed up as uh, Stitch and Angel and put um, their onesies for Easter and rolling around on the grass? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, nobody stayed clean. Yeah, I can't believe my siblings have become Leland Stitch freaks. Yeah, I kind of I I like this um, introduction to Mister Pendergrass. It's a little short. Like I wish it they gone a little deeper into his story and Jimmy Bean's story. But I think it's a sweet story where their perpetual bachelor um, realizes how lonely he is. Like they kind of overarc his story a little bit. And don't dive very deeply into it. But you can know that he's kind of touched by the fact that Jimmy Bean is an orphan and doesn't have a family, you know, because he says, don't your parents know what you're doing? Why are you out here doing this? He's like, I ain't got no parents. <laughs> so you could kind of see his face change and go, oh, wait a minute. Um, so his his heart is touched by that. And you see later, I think that's one of like the best parts of the movie now I'm now I'm jumping to the end. One of the best parts of the movie when he is adopted by Mr. Pendergrast at the end. Though I have to say Jimmy Bean was probably a really bad influence on um, Pollyanna. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ryan, why don't you tell us? Like, why don't you walk us down one of the storylines of of Pollyanna and, and kind of go over why you like this one? There's a lot. So, what do I really like about this one? Well, I mean. I like that even though that there are some hard circumstances have occurred in her life, she's always trying to see 
the good in people and the good in the and and what's going on around her. And it's it's a very conscious choice. Always like me. You always try to look for the good in life. Usually, even if my siblings still poo-poo on me for that. Yep, you do. I think you do, mm-hmm. for sure. I think it's important to do that. I mean, you know, life is only so long. So, And it's not like she's going through life with blinders either, which no. you know, some critics, you know, of the book and our film, you know, uh, kind of seem like that. But, I mean, she's like her parents have died mm-hmm. and she faces that. Um She's facing a disparity in wealth. So, like, because her parents were very poor. Right. And Aunt Polly's very rich. Um, but and so, it was almost like it, it wasn't necessarily, it was a life choice that they made. Like, they chose to serve other people and mm-hmm. live this way. Like, it wasn't like, you know. It's not says, necessary parent trap. No, it's not parent trap. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, it's a, a, little, a little different because they... Um, and I think that's why she has the look on life that she does, because um, it sounds like her parents didn't die at the same time. I'm not really, really sure, but you know, she doesn't talk about her mom as much as she talks about her dad. Right. So I'm wondering if she knew her mom as well, or that's just kind of what they focused on. But yeah. But she was taught a serving heart. You serve others. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, I think I think she really has that focus of trying to find the good in people and, and the good in circumstances, even though she knows that they're hard. And, and also make a connection with people and how important that is and how important it is to live life because she realizes like what it is to have a loss, an extreme loss at a very young age. And so like when she runs into Mrs., uh, Mr. Pendergrass, you know, she, she you know, um, most kids are scared of of him because of his made up reputation of you know trapping <laughs> kids in the ba- and stuff. But Pollyanna sees through it, uh-huh. and uh, Jimmy Bean runs off, but Pollyanna sees through it and sees through his tough exterior, makes a connection with him, and and so doing makes a connection between Mister Pendergrass and Jimmy, and they and he eventually adopts Jimmy. So she really is good at connecting people and really connecting the whole town together and getting people to connect, even if, even if they don't always agree on everything. Right. Um, and and she realizes she's not going to get everybody to, to agree on everything, but she really works to make those connections. Um, and I think that, that human connection is that's really really important, and I, especially in this day and age, because it just seems like. Um, we have a lot that happens in life and we've got many different leaders um, from across the spectrum who foster disconnection, really try and foster our differences rather than our what we have in common um, and bringing people together. And Pollyanna is really good at bringing people together. And so I really do enjoy that aspect of the film, even if you are from different walks of life, if you are from different economic strata, if you are from different backgrounds like she tries to bring it all together and i just i think that's amazing and i I love the quote even though it's misquoted in the film (laughs) from abraham lincoln Uh um she says you know when you look for the bad in mankind expecting to find it you surely will and the the actual quote is when you look for the bad expecting it you will get it and that's very true what there's 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 kind of a saying uh, that we 
use in education, what you focus on, you get more of. So with your students, if you just focus on negative, 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 you're going to get more negative, negative, negative. And so you, you, you want to redirect the behaviors that are not the behaviors you want to see and highlight and, and do a better job of highlighting the behavior. So, it, and, and instead of always saying, stop doing that, stop doing that, stop doing that, stop doing that. When you find somebody who's doing what you need to do, you say, you would say like, Fiona, I really like how you're sitting quietly ready to learn. Um, you are meeting my expectation. Thank you. And so you'd re- you do it that way instead of going over to the to, to the next individual and saying, how many times have I told you to be quiet? I've told you to be quiet. You know, <laughs> you're only, because you, yeah, you're only allowed to do that if you're a parent and you've yeah. absolutely had it. But yeah. definitely with, when you're working with other kids in those scenarios, and what I've always found fascinating, you, you coming from an education background, but it always is fascinating to me. And maybe this is because they're middle school and high school teachers. They're not mm-hmm. taught that basic, like you're focusing on the good of the behavior, like finding the good in, yeah. in a child. So I, I've had to sit with educators and say... That took me a while as an educator, too. Yeah. Because yeah. you don't believe it at first. Like, there's kind of like this, oh, sure. <laughs> well, and also you fall into the trap of um, of how you were educated. You keep doing the same thing, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so, so sometimes finding something new and trying something new and different... Mm-hmm. Um, can be difficult, um, um, but you know that's you. You have to always work on your growth mindset and trying to to um, look for new and better ways of managing classroom and managing educational systems and just systems in general. And how do you do that? And how do you manage differing points of view and bringing it all together? Um, and I think that's partly again why I like this film is as I think. Um, sometimes I get called a Pollyanna too, um, in my job <laughs> and, and um, that's okay. Yeah. It's okay. Cause like, you know, um, I, I, you know, I'm, I don't typically like to, I, I don't like to talk bad about my peers and supervisors and that sort of thing. You know, if I, if I have an issue, I want to direct, I want to address it with you directly. Um, and, right. Um, Which is hard for some people. I, I It is. It, yeah. And I, I'd much rather just do it that way and, and just be very direct. Hey, I'm frustrated about ABC. How mm-hmm. can I, you know, and maybe this is just my mindset or whatever, or how, how can we work together to get to a better resolution for what's going on? Um, and I really think Pollyanna does that in many ways. She, she even tackles the the leader of the local church and uses the quote with him because he's he's always looking you know all of his sermons are about looking for the you know the bad and and the negative and redirecting the negative and that sort of thing and so that's when she uses this she uses this quote and trying to look for the good and people in his church so I, I mean I really thought I thought um, and it was a lesson that she had learned from her dad. And I really thought that that quote really spoke to me in this film. And it's, and it's such and it, it's, it's a really good way that a child would probably end up doing it. It's all from a child's perspective. Yeah. And, and I think, and I think that's why this works because they're not, they're not put off by her. 
you know? No, and she doesn't attack them either. She's not attacking. She's just Mm-mm. asking questions and helping them reflect, you know, do some self-reflection and introspection kind right. of thing. Well, she, yeah, she, she's always like, well, why are you doing that? Yeah. Was that the only reason? Yeah, are there other ways to handle this? So. Yeah. So anyway, that's kind of like, that's for me, the the storyline of this film um and everybody eventually around her starts doing starts adopting the same sort of mindset mm-hmm. and um when something very tragic happens to Pollyanna um and she loses that mindset the the people that she's helped help her get it back so because we all lose our way and oh, I yeah. like the fact that she, that Pollyanna loses her way in this film she's not to me she makes it so she's not just a two-dimensional character Right. You know, there is something, you know, her parents, her parents have died. Mm -hmm. She's overcoming that. Um, She's helping other people overcome bad circumstances. And then she, she falls out of the tree, loses her ability to walk. And that's like, that, that is like the, um, that is the thing that it's probably a really bad pun, but it's the straw that breaks her back in this case. I mean, it's it just as too much for it breaks her spirit when she falls out of the tree and she's recovered from so much. And- Which was actually the part I was, I was trying to get, get to that, 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 that clicked, that clicked for me. Absolutely. For, for it was like a nerve slung the self injury. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because an injury does take place in that movie, Song of the South, if, you, if you've seen it. Yes. Right. I could see how you'd make that analogy. Yeah. And so, and that 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 is definitely a turning point in both the films. Um, so I just think it's interesting then how the people who had a very different mindset at the beginning help Pollyanna to come back around. Right. You know. They kind of realize their pettiness. And- it's like by the heaven's mm-hmm. light. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They they learn that maybe they need to really look at what's important in life and what really matters and which is human connection. Yeah, and taking down those walls. Yeah. Cuz yeah, she really works with the fringe people in that mm-hmm. in that city for sure. Like um the character played by Agnes Moorhead, Mrs. Snow, she's basically resigned herself to death. She's probably no older than 55. And Pollyanna goes, well, there's so much more left to learn. There's so much more to give. And, you know, you need to, well, think about this. And I love it when she brings her the stack. Uh, she's going to make the patchwork quilt. And she brings her the stack and she goes, here, you're going to do this. This is what you're going to do. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to make a quilt so that we can sell it <laughs> to help raise money for the orphans. <laughs> right. Like, you're gonna give back to society, and I'm done with you. <laughs> I think all, all all of that said is is very is um very very beautiful because I I I I maybe yeah maybe I I I, I could get a bit injury and and I I had some 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 big 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 complaints from 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 you guys yeah because totally you you guys are aren't. Now all our teachers, since we're being locked up, as this podcast is also like school. We helping you out a little bit? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And love to make a self-reflection on it. But it's interesting because I know I've I've talked a little bit about, you know, Elias being hit by a car and, you know, being in the ICU and being in the hospital and 
Which that was totally a sudden false spot for me back in 2016. Right, right, right. You had you had a hard time dealing with it. Adia had a hard time uh, dealing with it. I had a hard time dealing with it. But what was so nice is when you do go through something like that, that there is such an outpouring from the community that you see and the cards and the notes and the messages and, and everything that we received from people was so beautiful. And, and you don't realize really how big your community is and how many people like really love you and how many people, how many lives you've touched and how many lives have been, um, people have touched you and until you do go through a situation like that and you realize that, you know, you're not alone and it, it, it's such an overwhelming feel that you're like, I have to hold on to this to remember whenever the dark times come that there are so many people I can lean on and talk to and call and, um, cause you do, you do forget these things when you start going back into the rhythm of life and, um, how important those connections are. Oh, you're what, what's, need what's them. the word where you, you get in, injured and you, you forget everything? Amnesia. A- amnesia. Because where I get, did I get that word from? Where did you get that word from? Muppets take Manhattan. Oh, Muppets take Manhattan. That's right. <laughs> More words for you guys. So it, it is nice that these, these things are reflected in our own lives too, not just on the screen. But yeah, I've always, I've always viewed Pollyanna as as this person who does goes in and, and has people reflect on their lives and and really think about what are they doing and and how are they helping and what are they adding and and, and what do they want people to think about them? You know, do they they want them to see them as this person who's resigned to death and is in bed, <laughs> or do they want them to see as this person that made a quilt for the orphanage because? You know, she really does care about people. You know, I she's not a bad person. She just forgot. I suppose every minister of God faces the same problem. I suppose. Tell me, did your father ever solve the problem? Well, he read something one day that said helped him. In the Bible? No, just something he read someplace. He had it put on this chain. He wore it always. It's all I have of his. When you look for the bad... It always makes me cross-eyed. May I? Mm. When you look for the bad in mankind, expecting to find it, you surely will. Abraham Lincoln. Now, I believe I believe that quote was actually never said by Abraham Lincoln, though. If you thought Abraham Lincoln said this, it, it's not your fault. It's Disney's. <laughs> Besides manufacturing complete and realistic expectation for little girls' weddings and hairstyles, <laughs> they also manufacture the occasional Abraham Lincoln quote. In this case, it was the line inscribed in Pollyanna's dead father's locket. Roy Disney loved the quote and had it inscribed on thousands of lockets to sell in the Disneyland gift shops, which greatly disturbed the screenwriter David Swift, who had made up the quote. When Swift called Disney with the bad news, all the lockets were recalled. That's what Mental Floss is saying. It's in the book. 
So if it's he, in the book, but I don't think if he didn't pin it, then the author did. Yeah, I think just the author pinned it. And she doesn't attribute it to anybody. No, I think it's just I think it's just the author. I think just Eleanor made that up. There you go. It works well with the story. It does. Because he's talking about a preacher who, a minister who's looking at all the bad and constantly trying to fo- focus on the bad. And But it does work. It does work. Yeah, and so- sociologists and psychologists would, it's absolutely you know, what they talk about. Yeah, but what you focus on, you get more of. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But interesting. Hmm. Yeah, and it's it's such a quiet quote, too. The music at that scene is amazing, too, right when he realizes everything that he's done. Mm-hmm. And you hear the music elevate in that dark manner, right, as the quote is being said. It's, like, perfect, just beautiful. Yeah, they did a good job with that scene. Mm-hmm. Well, it says, like, I actually made up a quote that... that that glow that goes um autism doesn't mean you're too smart or too dumb it just means you're being you you're trying to be you yeah yeah that's Fiona's quote so although abraham lincoln probably doesn't look like said that quote it looks like it was it looks like it was done by the author so mm-hmm. um it still is a good quote i it like is. it it is because it obviously trans- translates to my negative thoughts of knowing my knowledge. Right. You, you, you were talking, yeah, you're talking about um, that quote that you created really focuses on a lot of the stereotypes that people have of, of people with autism. Like they think of them as, you know, these geniuses or they think of them as uh, cognitively incapable of, of doing something. Like, like they don't realize they just have a big box or bridge in front of them. Mm-hmm. Um, like, where's the key password of this this question or password? Mm-hmm. I said password twice of of the of the certain like like bubble sheet. Right. So you're making a reference like it's hard for you to find the words that you want to say. Um. Yeah. And what yeah. what. Like kind of feels oh, there's one says that feels a bit falsy for me, but what if it's true? Oh yeah, you have a lot of problems when there's um, what? four four you have to choose from four answers to a question. Like did Abraham Lincoln really do that? So it looks like Abraham Lincoln didn't say it, but the author wrote it in the book. Okay, so it's like he he thinks he translated his false his falsehood of what. He feels like Abraham Lincoln would have done. I'm, so it looks like Disney's the one that threw in the Abraham Lincoln part. And, and yes, that that that's very that's very cheap for them. It probably wasn't the right choice, and they were trying to attribute it to someone who was uh, very well known and looked up to. Uh, oh, not the get not the get banned, but but it's a positive thought that uh, oh, it was magic. From made up Aaron Lincoln's mind. <laughs> yeah, so it wasn't from Abraham Lincoln's mind. Though he did say a lot of very important things that changed a lot of our society. All right, so are we ready to um, rate Pollyanna? Gosh, um, um, yeah. <laughs> Gosh, yeah, that's kind of awesome. <laughs> that's perfect. <laughs> Gosh, yeah. 
Okay, Fiona, how, out of how out of five uh, Mickey ears, how many ears would you give Pollyanna? I think a four because I guess it translates as as a as a, as a cute film, but I but I guess for for Legion, so, some parts may be un- hard to understand from from the nineteen twenties, and yes, it's all right, and yeah, it's all right. If if someone produces just made up, can make up stuff, as as willing to think that it's a it's it's actually around around the truth, the the truth, and yes how how it, I guess it brings back back memories of uh what what was Walt's real I. I, idea for his hometown like was this film meant to be a version to his hometown and it takes the regions of what, what's I guess what's fun nowadays in in New, in New Ham- Hampshire and yeah it did translate a lot of thought, thoughts of how, of how siblings are tickling the, the big to, to, to always cause, cause all, all, all the injury are you talking about um, Jimmy being kind of being a bad influence on oh, Pollyanna? And, yes. And uh, getting her to climb trees when maybe she shouldn't be climbing trees. Yeah, with her Matilda-esque doll. Mm-hmm. With her doll, yes. Yeah, it had to- to- a totally deep thought for for twi- twisting to the end. And and yes, I did find some kind of... I think people would totally translate. I give it a four because people would totally translate that it should be had some PG humor, as almost everyone was fully naked while going swimming. Oh, <laughs> she's in the beginning. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> yes, the, the little boys uh, skinny dipping. <laughs> like, just, like it was just big old parents. Like, what? <laughs> It's just the backsides. <laughs> oh, this, yeah. oh, this, this is the weirdo side. <laughs> it's a little unexpected in this day and age to see that, but yes, that's how that's how kids would go swimming, though. Uh-huh. Um, Claire, yeah, wow, probably even a little bit when I was a kid too. We we did like you know have we had. There, I mean, most of the time you had swimsuits because swimsuits were becoming more common mm-hmm. at that time. But, you know, that we're talking like late 70s and stuff. So every now and then, though, it would. Um, but definitely not now. I mean, like now, <laughs> now you, you get like, like, I think just swimsuits are definitely a lot more common. Yeah, I, I'll say I've always worn a swimsuit while I've gone swimming. So, <laughs> well, and I think that's more common for boys too, anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, girls are a little more modest. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, wow, I like I, I I also give this a four because half of it's unexpected. Oh, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> but like in the country, because I they just you know that would happen in the that country. Not... You spent a little more time in the country than I did because of um, your yeah, grandfather. Yeah, the, yeah, <laughs> grandpa and stuff, and so it's like, oh, okay. It's time to go swimming, but like you know, like you didn't have like swim clothes with you, just so everybody just go swimming in the swim hole, and then that would be it. <laughs> yeah, there weren't a lot of swimming holes around where I grew up. 
Yeah. And that wasn't like very much like by the time, I mean that was like when I was little little. That's when I was like little yeah. little little. Oh but yeah, so. yeah. Like if you have a two or three year old, it's not a big deal. Yeah. You just throw yeah. it. Yeah, little little. Yeah. By the time I was like preteen teenagers, everybody had swimsuits. Yeah. And stuff, oh yeah. So. Well, all those national parks we went through well, it was it was kinda of school locked down and we The state parks. The state parks we went mm-hmm. to it was kinda of school locked down we always yeah we always stream into the to those rivers even if i get anything like kissing me or scraping my bum oh yeah there's like little little fishy guppies that would be um tickling your feet and legs yeah and and also rain you can always see how people are just never straight for you they're just sometimes half sassy (laughs) yeah there's a lot of sassy people in rivers your turn, guys. All right, Ryan. You want to go next? Um, I think I would give it probably probably four and a half Mickey years. I really like this movie, and I've watched it quite a bit throughout the years. So I, I enjoy it every time I, I've watched it. So um, And I watch it, oh, probably once every few years. So, yeah, I, I think it's a very well done, enjoyable film. Yeah, and I'm you know I'm gonna give it about I'm gonna give it four years. It's actually been a long time since I've I'd seen this movie, and and I regret that. I regret that I, I haven't watched this in a long time. And it, it but in a way I'm I'm looking at it a lot of the parts all new again, and there's like so much that I get now as an adult that I didn't get as a child. Though I think this should be mandatory viewing of every child. Every child sees this movie. <laughs> That's funny. I, um, <laughs> I just I think it's wonderful. I, I think it's it's hopeful. I think it's inspiring. I'm kind of tired of this um, angst-ridden team. That's probably yeah, I have too much angst-ridden team in my house right now. And just kind of like be grateful for what you have. Like my favorite part is the glad game. And you know, they make fun of her for it in the movie. One day a week we have off. I hate Sundays. Ooh, I just hate them. Breakfast still a hot ball in our stomachs and him chewing our ears off from that pulpit. We gotta have roast chicken, though. I'm glad of that. Are you gonna start that all over again? Glad this, glad that? What is all this glad business you talk about? Oh, just a game I play. What kind of a game? A game my father taught me. Helps sometimes. Helps what? When things aren't going so well. That reverend. (laughs) Away from the peas. Folks just hate the coming of Sunday because of him. Do you know why I hate Sunday? Because it means the starting of another week. That's true. (laughs) That's when you can play the glad game. Here it comes. Miss Goody Two-Shoes is going to find something about Sunday to be glad about. Oh, lay off her, Angie. Stop it. If you knew how to play the game, then you could find something to be glad about, too. But you don't. Huh? All right, this smarty pants. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's not like even, you know, the one Angelica is like, glad game, I hate this glad game. Why does she keep playing this game? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's not like she just gets a pass on, on her behavior. And I think it's nice how, how she is so hopeful and... Even to the point, I mean, there is a different way children acted 
back then, at least public, like publicly. I obviously children have always been rambunctious and loud and um, breaking things, which you know that's just how kids are. And but th- there was like kind of this like ex- expectation of children to be quiet and you know not say how you feel and keep it all balled up inside. And I, I think that's um, what was forced on Pollyanna, you know, going into her Aunt Polly's house. And I, I think that is why she got so upset when she fell and really injured herself because she'd been keeping this all bottled up inside. And then she's finally like, you know what? I'm done with you people. <laughs> I've had it. I've tried. You're not nice. <laughs> There's guerrilla warfare. <laughs> so, I, you know, I think that um, I'm a big believer in letting kids, you know, come home from school and just letting it go because you have to, you have to let it go. Um, Oh, for sure. Yeah. And you just, you have to say how you feel. You have to talk about what aggravates you. You have to talk about what makes you feel good. And then, you know, focus on that good and find, you know, we're always trying to instill in our kids, you know, look at, look at the good in life, find the people that are nice, be around nice people, you know? I think that's a really important thing to do also. I mean, sometimes it is hard to find nice people to be around and mm-hmm. you can't, and, and people who have your, who have your best interests in mind, if that makes sense. Well, they're just, they. Especially they as teenagers, it's really hard to do. Right. It's hard to find people that will listen and respect you for who you are and, and, just be your friends because of who you are. And mm-hmm. it, it is, it's very difficult. And you have to kind of like find your way through the big old mess. And, um, oh, wait, it's like, there was kind of, I don't know what this doesn't expire. Like tiny short, you, you show me, you show me kind of go like, which, which cards the dog or which cards the cat. And then the my rings, rings the phone and the odds is all wackadoo. And everything just spilled all over cards, cards and such. It 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 was it was a while. You yeah, you probably forgotten. But just that's my phrase. What it's like. Uh, which cards cards translate translates the dog, or which card translates the cat? Okay. And how is this applying to this? It's because you don't know what what's happening when you have autism. Oh, okay. So you get sometimes you get yeah. little flustered. Yeah. Okay. All right, so that's Pollyanna. Watch it. <laughs> Good movie. Like it, it's 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 2020. It still applies. You 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 still have little ones listening to your podcast, but Disney Plus has almost everything. Yeah. So, but did we watch it on? We watched it on Disney Plus. Yeah. Yeah. So it's there. Go watch With it. Your, 60th anniversary. Your wackadoodle remote. My oh lord, yeah, our remote kind of went a little wackadoodle, so we had to like bypass and go around to get it on our our TV. Don't ask. <laughs> just don't know anymore. We had to like use the voice command on the app um, and just play Pollyanna point two. <laughs> it was just so weird. We watched Pollyanna though, but it's good. And also go to D twenty three. And I know they have a free sign up now and you can watch the interview with Haley Mills on there, which was nice. There's a little tiny glimpse into her past and um, time with Walt. And I think, 
You know, the cast was pretty old when they made this, so the only ones that are still with us are Haley Mills, and I think Nancy Olson's still with us, but she's well into her 90s. So everyone else has, has gone on. She, she could earth. be it. Right. All right. Any parting words, Brian? You good? Oh, I'm good. <laughs> All right. <laughs> One party word. Marionette! Oh, wrong, wrong name. Wrong name. <laughs> Wonderland. Because <laughs> you were like Pollyanna. Pollyanna. <laughs> what is it I really think? I think that spring has sprang. I woke up feeling tickled pink, and this is what I sang. joining us on another episode of Diz Podopolis. I hope you enjoyed our conversation about Pollyanna and um, I hope that you love Pollyanna as much as we love Pollyanna and if you and have... as mom is, is a Haley Mills freak. I, I, I Okay so I wouldn't say I was a freak I'd say I really enjoy Haley Mills films because uh, it yeah, is quintessential yeah, yeah, to my childhood. Kind of feels too intense. Yeah it's a little intense. <laughs> <laughs> well we grew up with her um yes. you know the when because the G disney channel was when i was growing up and they did replay quite a bit of Haley mills films there and then they also played them on tv some too it was the sunday evenings the sunday wonderful world at disney yeah. is where i yes. saw her so that's where i fell in love with Haley mills and i mean the films are just so much fun too and you can imagine yourself in them. I think that's that's the fun part. Yes. I, I mean, I enjoy her. I enjoyed her in Pollyanna and, and Parent Trap. Those are two of my favorite Disney films. Mm -hmm. Summer Magic. And Summer Magic, which I didn't see till I was older. Hmm. I mean, <laughs> we have to do Summer Magic. I mean, Summer Magic is very, um, what would you say? Oh, dated. <laughs> <laughs> but still... Like a little capture of time, and you're like, oh, all right. Yeah, that's a little awkward. Well, that's a lot awkward. <laughs> but still a fun movie. Yeah, I, fi I figured to totally brought, brought some 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 act actor du duos in, in that film. In Summer Magic or Pollyanna? Uh, Summer Magic. Okay. All right. Yep. Okay. Are you ready to say goodnight to everybody, Fiona? Okay. All right. Okay. How about good night? Good night to to Brit Britain from our quarantine mini pizza parties. Uh huh. Is that from last night? Yeah. Uh huh. 
Your social distancing pizza party? Yeah. And and Oh, your, Brandon. Brandon. <laughs> so not the country Britain, the, your your friend Brandon. Brandon, yes, Brandon, not Britain. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and and Casey Lay. Who but we like you. We like everybody out in Britain too. Yes. So good night to Britain. <laughs> good also. night to Britain. And Casey Lay, who kind of had a car stroke. Well, she, yeah, she had a little car accident. It happens to all of us. She she hit another car, but you know that happens when you're younger and you're learning. And she's fine. Yeah, and 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 for for any of our church friends who's kind of like they're they're kind of like oh. Oh, so, since Clorny is saying we're kind of, we're kind of stuck to watching anime while we are kind of stuck to watch watching our our Disney stuff. Yes. Well, we're not stuck. I'm actually enjoying it. Enjoying it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you can reach Fiona on Toad Girl, Fiona Toad Girl on Instagram and on Twitter. And on Facebook, you can reach her at Fiona Hale Artist. I'm a, I'm a little shy of how to change those names. I know, I know, and I'm not helping. And you can also uh, see her on towgirl.org, which is her website. I'm not shy because I'm shy because I'm not scary. No, no. All right, Ryan, why don't you say goodnight to everybody? Well, I want to say goodnight to my Aunt Dolores and to my mom. Thank you for listening. And thank you to all of our listeners for listening to us. Um, we are glad that you joined us. And um, you can get me, you can you can catch, you can see, you connect <laughs> with me. See if I could use my words. You can connect <laughs> with me on Twitter at Ryan Flint underscore EDU. <laughs> We're rubbing off on you, Ryan. It's, it's a bad there thing. There we go. <laughs> it's like I've lost my words. You're welcome. <laughs> there we go. Here, I'll just, I'll, I'll tweet it out. That'll be easier. <laughs> no joke. Uh, and good night to everybody. We say good night to Aunt Lynette and to my mom. And you can catch me on Tink Scout on Instagram and uh, Twitter. And I just wanted to share one more wonderful Pollyanna thing with you. Yes, Brian? Oh, before your wonderful Pollyanna okay. thing, also YouTube. Um, Fiona has a wonderful stop motion animation Uh video out on youtube and you might enjoy that uh, uh, a lot of work went into it and it's a it's a it's a lot of fun it's been kiddos almost all over yeah and you can catch that at dispodopolis d-i-s-p-o-d-o-p-o-l-i-s so dis is a disney pod is in podcast and opolis as in videoopolis which totally rocked at disneyland in the 80s and if you didn't go i'm so sorry <laughs> 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 yeah, I don't know if that's all over YouTube as well. The problem, oh my lord, the 80s. What a, what a, what a decade. And um, one more fun Pollyanna thing I wanted to share with y'all. Yes, when Pollyanna is delivering jelly, the social, the elitist social club in Harrisburg is, de- is delivering jelly. They are delivering calves foot jelly. And you might say to yourself, what is calves foot jelly? It is an English dessert that is made by boiling a calf's foot until the natural gelatin is extracted. Once the gelatin is extracted, it is combined with wine, lemon juice, and spices, and then cooled. So, you know, some people like it. A bunch of people didn't like it because it's, tro- it's kind of dropped off our palates at this point. <laughs> Well, there you go. I mean, it does not sound tasty to me, but maybe to some. Yes. Yeah. Maybe like a minced pie, I'm thinking. 
somewhere in there. Mm. Yeah. Because, yeah, gelatin does come from the bones of animals. So, okay. <laughs> there, there you go. I think that's definitely a, a period. Delicacy. Uh, Delicacy, thank you. See, I've lost my words. I'm sorry. I ruined you <laughs> no life. more words. I ruined you <laughs> so, thanks for joining us, uh, you guys, and we hope you have a lovely summer. Summer hey, is now in play. I, I almost got an idea. What if we make cat cast foot jelly out of a certain like like an, an enchilada type dessert? Enchilada type dessert. Oh dear. <laughs> who knows <laughs> uh, but we'll just make a, a channel ser series that's about based on foods that, that relates to a certain part of a Disney movie oh you would love to do that that is Fiona's dream come true a video channel about foods from Disney shows that's okay because you're, you're getting an you're getting a, some ideas of what's your next like baking video Oh, okay. I apparently I am. So yeah. Wow. Well, good luck with calf's foot jelly. <laughs> I'm scared. I'm very scared. <laughs> I'm scared for you. Oh, all right, you guys. And the calves. <laughs> Souffle type dessert. <laughs> we'll see you guys real well, soon. This this has been movie review point two. Oh. And now it's time for a trip around the park and a kiss goodnight.
the mainstream electrical parade? Pollyanna. Yes. Oh, Lord. That was so weird. Like that whole scene where she's running around the bazaar and everyone's like, you got to get your costume on. You got to get your costume on. You got to get. Jeff and I were like, go get your costume on. (laughs) (laughs) What is wrong with you? I think that part was like the climatic. We're having anxiety as parents. (laughs) Someone redirect this girl. Because I think Pollyanna is such a good movie for kids who have autism. Pollyanna? Yeah. Okay. Why? I don't know. Be- be- because it, it fears a girl who, who's almost homeless and she's almost suf- suffering what, what, what to do around her. Okay. She's just forced. Okay. Dispodopolis is a EFA Solutions production. All music and interviews remain the copyright of their respectful owners and are being used under the Creative Commons license law. All other content remains the copyright of EFA Solutions, LLC. This broadcast is not affiliated with Disney or any of the Disney properties, and the opinions expressed in this broadcast belong to the hosts and guests.